0: Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart and Vascular Institute at Cleveland Clinic. In each podcast, we aim to provide relevant and helpful information for healthcare professionals involved in cardiac, vascular, and thoracic specialties. Enjoy.
1: Well, hello and uh, welcome. I'm Osama Wazni. I'm the Section Head of Cardiac Electrophysiology at the Cleveland Clinic and with me today is Dr. Dan Cantillon. He is our uh, Director for Research. Uh, in electrophysiology and also associate director for research in all of cardiology here at the clinic and We're so happy to be joining you today because we're going to be talking about heart rhythm society which was which uh, just concluded um, a couple of weeks ago in uh, San Francisco uh, so Dan, um, how did you find the HRS this year? It was an exciting meeting, as usual. Uh, there were a lot of great new technologies, a lot of
0: important studies that were presented. As you know, our group uh, had a very strong showing with 40 original uh, abstracts uh, with our group, and particularly the fellows, I think, this year did a really
1: uh, terrific job. So could you tell us a little bit uh, more about these 40 abstracts? Again, this was 40 abstracts. Uh, very large uh, output from uh, our faculty and also from our fellows, so there's a lot of excitement in electrophysiology nowadays. Uh, could you tell us just uh, a few highlights of yeah, these I, aspects?
0: I, I think we'd start with uh, Dr. Owen Donnellan who worked under your mentorship, as well as Walid Saliba, on the study of uh, patients who had undergone bariatric surgery because of morbid obesity, and had went on to undergo uh, AF ablation. And the outcomes that were associated that, uh, with that treatment uh, ahead of time, treating and controlling one of the important risk factors for uh, atrial fibrillation. As you know, that was a uh, runner-up uh, for the Young Investigator Award competitions. Yeah. So I think that uh, really uh, was, a, was a strong
1: project from our group. I think that's a very important study because this builds up on the, uh, on the science and the progress that we've seen from the group in Australia where they showed that weight loss is actually a very important strategy in age- management and in our study we showed that uh, you know pa- patients who've had bariatric surgery do very well uh, and their outcomes are as, as those they're very similar to those who have not had bariatric surgery and who are actually very close to ideal BMI. Right, absolutely. And so, as you know,
0: the other uh, big theme of this meeting this year was digital health. Uh, Digital health was extremely hot, and we had some important work in this space. Uh, Dr. Div Patel, who's another one of our fellows, working under the mentorship of uh, Dr. Khaldun Taraji, presenting some data uh, about patients' ideas and um, beliefs about their pacemaker and defibrillator devices. It turns out that as we enter into this space of of digital health, that sometimes there can be a disconnect between what patients actually have and what their understanding of what they have is. Mm-hmm. And so they presented some of the data uh, on their work in that space. And as we know, as, as part of the Digital Health Summit, uh, at these meetings, we always tend to have these live cases, VT ablations yeah. and things like that. And this year, uh, Dr. Tarachi did a live virtual visit, which I thought was really cool that was and a, really, uh, really impressive. It was
1: very cool and exciting. And actually, this is the first time that there was a Digital Health Summit at HRS. And Dr. Tarakji from our group was a leader in that summit. And as you said, you know, he had the first ever live uh, virtual visit Uh, during a meeting so that was actually very exciting and and very cool and the patient actually was very happy to engage and I think that had a very good reception from the audience and from all of HRS uh, frankly.
0: And I think that's one of the main take home messages of the meeting is that digital health is here to stay, the clinical capabilities are growing and this is something that is going to be
1: increasingly woven into the fabric of our Mm -hmm. practice. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I want also our listeners to know that uh, we are adopting, that we are leaders in uh, digital health at the clinic, whether it's with the virtual visit or also using uh, consumer wearables to track uh, their arrhythmias. And uh, Dr. Taragji and also you, Dan, have been leaders in this, especially with the work in the CMU that uh, you have done in monitoring patients who are in the hospital.
0: And we presented some of our CMU data as well uh, briefly. It's just an off-site central monitoring unit. It could be thought of as a bunker, where we provide remote real-time monitoring for the Cleveland Clinic main campus and 10 additional uh, regional hospitals. And uh, we've been able to improve the survival outcomes of our patients in the hospital by getting out in front of cardiac arrests and detecting patients as they're on that verge of clinical deterioration.
1: So what other things uh, were at HRS that caught your interest? Yeah,
0: well, I thought some of the, the late breakers were, were interesting. Um, there was the study on the uh, pulsed field uh, ablation for atrial fibrillation. And then there was also the big uh, controversial study on his bundle pacing versus CRT. So tell us
1: more about that.
0: Yeah. so so. Uh, Starting with the His Bundle CRT, it was interesting because it was a small study where they compared um, uh, a, a group of patients that were candidates for traditional CRT pacing, and they were randomized in a one-to-one fashion to His Bundle pacing versus CRT. And what the investigators found is, is that in this preliminary uh, assessment, there was no difference in the clinical outcomes. And there was really a surprising high uh, number of crossovers for people that had been Uh, intended to receive his bundle pacing but it was not successful Mm -hmm. and they had to cross over traditional CRT and so overall the study was negative Although I suspect that this is probably the preliminary round of what is going to come in the future, yes. and if you stop and you think about it, the ones in the study that got the His bundle pacing yeah. uh, successfully delivered those outcomes actually are pretty favorable. They were mm-hmm. able to get good results in terms of QRS narrowing, mm-hmm. the echocardiographic changes were favorable. So perhaps with time, with better innovation, better delivery tools for His exactly. bundle pacing, yeah. it, it it may have a better future. But in terms of where we are today, it's not ready to. Replace CRT as the main form of resynchronization. Therapy so the main, for
1: uh, the main results I found from this is that actually there's a lot of opportunity in that space where we can improve on the delivery systems, uh, but once we're able to do that consistently, then patients will get better outcomes from his bundle pacing. And we are working right now with the industry to better develop these, uh, uh, these tools, uh, so that we can afford, you know, we can uh, offer our patients his bundle pacing uh, to a higher extent and uh, hopefully more frequently also. Now, I am also very excited about pulse field ablation because this is a a new technology or old technology but now being applied in a different way to atrial fibrillation ablation. And the reason that there's a lot of excitement about uh, pulse field ablation, and we'll call it PFA from now on, is that it seems that uh, this energy is selective to myocytes, meaning that it will only selectively target heart cells. And this way, when we ablate in the left atrium, we're not so worried about damaging uh, other structures that can be around the atrium, namely, uh, most importantly, the esophagus. And it's also been shown, uh, hopefully, in this group of patients. Again, it wasn't a very large study, but the interesting thing about uh, this study is that they brought them all back after ablation and they found that there was no reconnection. So whatever was ablated stayed ablated. I mean, this is almost unheard of Mm -hmm. because in the usual uh, way we do it right now, almost everybody has some degree of reconnection and this did not happen uh, in this group of patients. Mm -hmm. But the other also important thing is that the risk of causing complications because of damage to bystanders such as the esophagus or even the pulmonary veins is very, very low. So here you will have a... uh, an ablation strategy or energy that would be very very effective Mm -hmm. but also very very safe so I think uh, uh, of course we're gonna have to do bigger larger trials and I'm happy to report here that we're gonna be a leading center in the upcoming trials on PFA and hopefully we can offer this to our patients in the next uh, three to four years
0: Yeah, just avoiding those complications. As you mentioned, the esophagus, the phrenic nerve, Mm -hmm. which is often a a, a target uh, when that right superior pulmonary vein and the pulmonary veins themselves, I think that's really important. So
1: another thing that happened in HRS uh, this year is our second annual alumni reception. Yes. I know this, a lot uh, of this doesn't have to do with, you yeah. know, patient care, but but I think it does have to do with patient care. Could you tell us just a little bit yeah, about it, who came to this and yeah. why is it important for our patients? We're a big
0: center and there's a long tradition of, of training uh, fellows that have gone on to be thought leaders and and excellent uh, clinical providers all over the country, all over the world really. As we've had, you know, people out in Singapore and Ireland, Australia, other places around around the world and you know, this is a great great uh, time for us to get together with all those uh, people and so this was another successful event, over 100 attendees I believe yes. and uh, really just a great networking opportunity for our current fellows who are looking to enter out into practice and then exchanging ideas with other yeah. people who are thought leaders in this field and really just, we all sort of feel like a big family and country. it
1: is important for our patients because we are a very large referral center and we get patients from all over the country and over all over the world when they come and they have their big procedure or surgery here at the Cleveland Clinic, and they need a doctor who is local to them or close to them, we have doctors who we've trained in almost every state. Right. So it really improves the reach right. and also the access of our patients to world-class care anywhere, uh, frankly, in, in the country or globally. Absolutely. So very much a bi-directional referral relationship. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a wrap-up. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dan, for uh, uh, for joining me today. And hopefully this information will be very helpful to our listeners and to our patients. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and share the link on iTunes.